0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. Open your Bibles, if you're to Psalms 133, and we're going to begin there tonight. Father, we just thank you. As we open your word, God, our, the cry of our hearts, God, is that we understand the word of God as you wrote it, that we would have, as Paul prayed, eyes of understanding, being enlightened. Hallelujah. The hearts open tonight. So God, truly, you can do spiritual surgery on the inside of every one of us, God. That's what we want. We need fixing, God. So we open our hearts to you. We open our minds to you. We open to you, God, letting you do what you do best, and that is to correct us, hallelujah, amen, to, to direct us, to perfect us, hallelujah, and to, and to bless our lives in every area. So, Father, thank you. In Jesus' name, say amen to that. Amen. Psalms 133. We're going to begin there tonight. And I believe this message, of course, I've preached this through the years, you know, and um, I, I titled this message tonight, When We're, when we're Unified, God is Glorified. Amen. When, and I want to talk about the spirit of unity tonight and how powerful it is and how that it is the number one thing that Satan attacks in our lives. Uh, because if he can divide us, he will destroy us. And so anyway, Psalms 133, verse one, this is Amplified, it says, behold, how good and pleasant, the word pleasant means sweet, it means delightful, how good and pleasant Uh, uh, it is uh, for brethren or believers to dwell together in unity. Amen. Oh, how good it is. How many agree with an uplifted hand when there's unity in your relationships is a sweet, there's a sweet fragrance, is a sweet environment. Praise God. That literally blesses not only you, but your family and the people around you as well. Amen. And uh, the word unity means to become one. And it literally means to become one both inwardly and outwardly. It isn't, uh, amen. It's, uh, first of all, in the inside. Because if you're in unity in the inside, it'll be easier to be unity in the outside. Now, the psalmist goes on to, uh, to teach us what unity compares to. It, it is like the precious ointment poured on the head that ran down on the beard, even the beard of Aaron. He was Israel's high priest that came down upon the collar and the skirts of his garments. And I love this part, the Amplified. Consecrating the whole body. So unity consecrates the body. It sets it apart for God to use to his fullness. uh, To use to his fullness, praise God. And then he says this, what is, else is it like? It's, it's it's like the dew, unity is like the dew of lofty Mount Hermon and the dew that comes on the hills of Zion. Again, if you've ever been to Israel, uh, it, it's, it's it's such a miracle land because all of Israel before the Jews stepped in in 1948 to take their land, it was nothing but rock. Nobody even wanted to go there. It was desert, it was rocks, it was sand. It was just a miserable place of uh, sloughs and uh, flies and gnats and mosquitoes. I mean, it's just a horrible place. Place. It was like a curse until God's people got a hold of it, and it turned into a blessing. Most of you don't know, Pastor Vicky. I, I, I don't want to quote, quote it wrong, but I don't know. It's like 80% of our, There's a high percentage of the foods of across the world is provided by Israel. Most people don't know that. I mean, such a blessed land. What is it? Of the fruits and vegetables. Thank you. So it's, a, it's really a land flowing with milk and honey. And so he's comparing... The blessing or the water that came off of Mount Hermon, that water is the very water they needed to live and survive, amen. And, and, and as the dew, the Bible says, of, um, uh, that we're on the hills of Zion, for there, where? Where unity is demonstrated, there is where the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. He commanded the blessing. Isn't that something? I mean, he commanded the blessing on unity. Is that powerful? Amen. The word blessing means actually means a benediction or a spoken word that enriches not only your life but the lives of those around you. That's what the word b- blessing means. It's a benediction, it's a spoken word. And listen, through the years, I've needed some specific times where I needed to hear from God. And boy, when you're walking in unity, you're prepared to hear from God. God wants to speak to you, praise God, and give you the direction you need for your life. Let's look at the Passion Bible for a moment. It says, how truly wonderful and delightful it is to see brothers and sisters living together in sweet unity. I love that. What is it like? Well, it's a, as precious as the sacred-scented oil flowing from the head of the high priest Aaron, dripping down upon his beard, running all the way down to the hem of his priestly robes. Now, all of this is a, is a type and shadow of the anointing of God flowing from the top, hallelujah, all the way down. See, that is one reason even, and again, I just say it because it's true, the reason pastors are attacked because the anointing goes from the head all the way down. And if the, and, and if the devil can attack, you know, that's why we as pastors, and, and some have failed, and I don't want to fail at this, they fail in protecting their character, uh, you know, their, their, their life of holiness and separation unto God. But it's that anointing that is flowing from the top to the bottom that benefits, it, it fell down to the whole skirts of his body just exemplifying that the anointing of the spirit when it when it fell upon Aaron it benefited the entire Uh, the entire body of the believers, uh, the Israelites. Can I have an amen? So he's talking, this is what he's talking here about the power of unity. Uh, And then, and then let's finish it. Now this harmony or this unity can be compared to the dew drip dripping from Mount Hermon, which flows down upon the hills of Zion. Indeed, that is where Yahweh has decreed his blessings, plural, his blessings will be found, the promise of life forevermore. Amen. You know, when you get born again, you're going to face some times of trials and tribulations. And and this is part of the journey, part of the growth, growth, spiritual growth of your life. But God wants you blessed from the day you got born again till the day you you leave planet earth. He wants your life blessed. Can I have an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So what makes God almighty? I asked the Lord that one day, what does make God, you know, he's called almighty God. What makes him almighty? Well, it, it's unity. It's God the Father, God the, uh, the Son, and God the Spirit, three in one. It's His unity that makes Him all powerful. Yes. He's not power, powerful, He's all powerful. Yeah. I said, He's all powerful. Amen. Amen. That's why when Jesus came, rose from the dead, He says, uh, he says I've given you all power. He says, All power in heaven and earth, all power now in heaven and earth is in me. Praise God. And He. He, he inherited that through his death and resurrection. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. So tonight, I want to give you a biblical example of the spiritual force of unity uh, in motion. And yet, before I do that, I simply want to tell you the story uh, or the power or the demonstration or the effect or the destruction of disunity. And it just simply happened in the lives of Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel, of course, were brothers. They were siblings. You know, the old thing talk about sibling rivalry. You know, you you, you can that's okay, but you better not push it too far. And uh, but it's the that that story typifies what happens when you get when you get disunified, when you get allow disharmony into your lives. Now, Cain was the oldest brother of two, therefore he was called by God, gifted by God, anointed by God to be a spiritual example to his brother, especially in, the, in regards to love, humility, and subservience. He, he was to be that. I always tell people like, you know, Riley was the oldest of all the children on, you know, God uh, blessed her life so she can be ex- an example to her siblings. I mean, we're all supposed to be that, Right. right. My sister wasn't. She teased the tar out of me. You know, We fought all the time because I wanted, to, I wanted to beat her head with a broom if I could just catch her, but she was always faster than me. So there was not a lot of harmony in the home. Yeah. But anyway, so God chose, came to be that. However, however, because of his own rebellion and pride, he exalted his will above God's and come to believe, come to justify himself that he believed that murdering his brother uh, was, was, was a, a justifiable act. And that's how powerful uh, the division is when you allow into your life or disunity. So that is why it is, your, it is Satan's greatest enemy uh, is, to, is unity. Because where there's unity, it, there's the fullness of God's provision and presence in your life. Amen. Amen. Uh, raise your hand if anybody can relate to disunity. Yeah. Amen, we all can. We've all experienced it in our lives. Amen. So the devil will do anything he can to hurt. And, and, offend, uh, uh, and offend you so that you take that bait and run with it. And in doing so, hopefully he can get you divided so that it begins to deteriorate relationship with not only God, but with one another as well. So let's look at this example of unity in motion. It, Genesis, the 11th chapter, we're gonna begin there. Genesis, the 11th chapter. And I'm going to read the New Living Translation and I'm gonna read a uh, couple other translations as well. Here we go. This is Genesis 11. Now, up to this point, as you know, up to this point in time, that um, uh, the, uh, um, I mean, this is interesting, Genesis 11, this is just prior to God speaking to Abraham, but here's what it says in this chapter. At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. Uh, The Message Bible says one people, one language. One people, one language. I, I, that, I'll just tell you this. After forty years, it 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 prouds me, or I'm proud. Uh, when I hear some of our uh, students, the body of believers here, when they use some of the quotes that I, that I quote, it's just, it makes me proud that they're sound, starting to sound like me. I'm talking about to the better. Uh, yeah. You don't want to take out my warmth, uh, my warped, uh, my warped uh, sense of humor, but otherwise, uh, yeah, because it, it just makes me feel good when you quote things that I've said or taught you because I know you're catching it. Can I have an Amen. And you're not only catching it, you're spreading it to others. One people, one language. So they were unified for the plan that they were putting into motion. Verse 2, as the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonian and settled there. Verse 4, then they said, come, let us build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. Now, I just wanted to read the Living Bible translation. Says, uh, I like it. It says, a temple tower reaching to the skies, a proud eternal monument to themselves. So they were just building an idol to worship, okay? To, to, to worship their own pride and their own achievements. Uh, amen. And so, verse five. So the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, if they can accomplish this when they have just begun to take advantage of their common language and political unity. Just think of what they will do later. Now listen, this is God talking. God doesn't say something and say, well, I didn't really mean that. He says this, nothing will be impossible for them. Then you wonder why the devil attacks unity. In a marriage, in a home, among siblings, in the church setting, it's for that very purpose is to literally break and destroy the anointing of God in in, in your family and, and, and even in the local church. Nothing will be impossible for them. So come, let's... And that's the deity, God talking deity. Let's go down and give them different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, or in the midst of division and confusion, the Lord scattered them all over the earth and that, that what? That environment of division and confusion ended the building of this city. That is why the city was called Babel, because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, he scattered them all over the world. Now, it's so interesting. It it didn't happen here, and I'm so grateful. Uh, But we have heard time and time again when a church goes through a building project, and for some odd reason, when they achieve their goal, for some odd reason, then disunity rises up and flares up. In fact, there was one church, one for sure that I know, but, but I know there's been many where brand new buildings have been built and the people never, ever entered them because they were scattered because of division and strife. They, I mean, it's so serious. It's so serious in, in every aspect of our lives. And I know that we have to contend with that or face it every day of our lives, but we have to understand the power of unity, but also the power of division and strife. It literally destroys relationships. Now, the word babble is interesting. In the Hebrew, it means confusion. In the Greek, it means instability and disorder. So it was disharmony, it was disharmony that brought the vision to a screeching halt. It was the presence of confusion that stopped their forward progress and the inability to communicate effectively that ended the construction. How many have ever said something, and you said it, but you didn't mean how it came out? Yeah, we all have, I mean, I didn't mean to say, hey, listen, in the pulpit, my goodness, I am just grateful that you know my heart. Because there's sometimes they say things, you could get offended, you get hurt. And, and you know, there's nobody that, that judges themselves more severely than I do when I leave the pulpit. Because I don't want to do anything but help build your life up so you can become a light to this world of darkness. Can I have an amen to that? So we do though, we just, or you say something, you wish you could grab those words and take them back, you know, and I believe that's with all my heart. I believe with all my heart, that's why God emphasized two places. I believe in Timothy and Peter, that love covers a multitude of sins. And love never fails. There is, the, there is the problem in everybody's life, the church. Remember, the world, they're going to do what the world does. They're going to be divided. They're going to, right? they're going to be embittered. They're going to be offended. But my goodness, once we get saved, let's get rid of that stuff, praise God, and walk in the unity of the Spirit. Can I have an amen to that? Unity is the supernatural key that unlocks God's unlimited power for any situation you face in life. On the other hand, disharmony does just the opposite and literally short-circuits the power of God uh, for, uh, so that you don't attain to God's best. How we, how, when are we going to remember that we are not one another's enemies? When are we going to grab a hold of that, that we're not each other's enemies, but we're family, we're the body of Christ? Can I have an amen? Called to walk in love and unity, called to be long-suffering. Called to be gracious and kind and, and good. That's 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 our that's what God has anointed us for. Amos 3, 3 says, How can two walk together except they be agreed? The New Living Translation says, Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? And the answer is no. Example, we're gonna go through just a few more scriptures here. Example. The children of Israel. They were under the leadership of Moses, and they were heading, listen. They were heading for their divine destiny, which was a land flowing with milk and honey, a a land of great blessing, a land where they were going to conquer every foe in that land. They were going to be victorious, overcoming, uh, so that they could be a light to the nations around them. And if they'd have just stayed in unity, faith-wise, they would have avoided 40 years of, of, of a wilderness experience. 40 years never, never, and never did attain to what God had for them. Jesus, in Matthew, the 18th chapter, he gives us the power, the example of the power of unity. Here's what he says. Matthew 18, verse 19. Again, I tell you, if two two of you on earth agree, harmonize together, make a symphony together about whatever, anything and everything they may ask, it will come to pass. Now you can see why the devil attacks unity. Stop and think about that. You and your wife, you get together and you pray and you agree on something. I don't care how much hell comes against you. God will bring it to pass. Why? Because he just said he would. Jesus didn't. He's not a liar. He's not like men. He meant that. That's powerful. It will come to pass and be done for them of my Father in heaven. For wherever two or three are gathered together or drawn together as my followers in my name, there I am. The I am, the great I am is in the midst of them. Hallelujah. God's presence thrives in the midst of unity, which is why the devil attacks it. Verse 18. This is the Message Bible. You'll like this. Take this most seriously. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. So, what you say to one another is eternal. I mean this when two of you get together on anything at all on earth and make a prayer of it, my Father in heaven goes into action. <laughs> is that good? Your Father in heaven goes into action when you decide you're gonna get unified in something. Hallelujah. He said, whatever, whatever. Didn't limit it. And when two of you, uh, two or three of you are together, united together because of me, you can be sure that I'll be there. With what? With unlimited resources for what you're believing for. Isn't that beautiful? In Luke 11, verse 17, Jesus was addressing the Jews who were attacking the spiritual integrity of his ministry. That probably wouldn't go over real good. And here's what Jesus said. He said, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And a house divided against itself, the Bible says, it falls. And you can see that today in the political realm. Two political parties are so divided, but what they don't understand, not only are they destroying an entire nation, they're destroying themselves with it. That's That's how crazy it is. And I'll just say, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say numbers, but I would be shocked of how many, the percentage of the churches in Sioux Falls that have started out of division and strife, birthed from division and strife. People scattered, they're confused. That's what the devil wants to do. He wants to scatter you, confuse you. So you lose your spiritual, not only perception, but direction. Such a powerful force. Listen, you cannot be divided inwardly and try to remain united outwardly. It can never work. Why? Because division is birthed on the inside and ultimately expresses itself on the outside. First Corinthians 1. These letters Paul wrote to the church are very interesting. He had to address uh, uh, this very problem. In first Corinthians 1, Paul, he's talking about strife and division. Uh, that, listen, that was reported in a newly founded church in Corinth. These were, this was a new church. It hadn't been around very long. Here's what he says to them. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. He said, I beg you, I appeal you, man. And I personally hate division. I hate strife. It doesn't do anything. Uh, it, it, again, if, it, for, for you to live, someone's got to die. Someone's got to give up and say, I'm quitting fighting. Ephesians 6 says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Uh, your wife, your husband, they're not your problem. Your children are not your problem. You wrestle against unseen forces in the darkness, the world that you can only conquer through your faith in God and obedience to his word. Yeah. I hate it all. Cause I know if we just stay in love, love will prevail in every situation. There would never be a divorce if both parties chose love. Never. You keep that devil under your feet. Chapter three of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians one, it says, dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in the Christian life. I had to feed you with milk and not with solid food because you weren't ready for anything stronger and you still aren't ready for you are still controlled by your sinful nature you are jealous of one another, you quarrel with each other, and doesn't that prove you're controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? Now, we got to give maybe them a little slack, because it really was a new church. It wasn't like they'd been serving God for 20, 30 years, like many of us here tonight. Now, we got to give Slack, you know, we should always give slack to the young believers. Let them grow. Let them make mistakes. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm telling you, many of you are at a place, mature-wise, where there you will never stand before God and be excused for the, some of the ways that we act. And I know personally, I, I, I've grieved the heart of Jesus many. I've grieved the heart of Jesus many times the Holy Spirit, and have had to apologize. But there's nothing more grievous in the heart of God that his children don't get along. Ephesians 4, verse 1. Paul addresses the same problems to the believers in Ephesus. Here we go. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, there it is again, to lead a life worthy of your calling, he wasn't talking to a 5 full ministry gift. you was simply calling the church. It's your calling is to be a light to the world. Your calling is to be a love light. To beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Oh, for there's one body. This beautiful congregation here tonight is one body. And what what that simply means is that if one of you are struggling and having a tough time, that affects every one of us in a negative way, or it should. If one is struggling or they're hurting, you know, they're going through some tough times. It should, it should bring all of us together in a spirit of love and unity and pray that situation out of that, pray that situation straight, amen? I mean, make it right, praise God, so that person can get through whatever they have to go through. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father who is over all and in all and living through all. Verse four, the message says, you were all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction. So stay together, both outwardly and inwardly. not that good? Verse 29, so watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps, each word a gift. And don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life making you fit for himself. Again, stop for a moment and think. If someone comes knocking at your door, I mean, you might have just been downstairs just screaming and yelling and fighting. You get up there, you put a smile on your face. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Glory to God, come on in. (laughs) Right? But we have to, the Holy Spirit lives in this house. So why do we grieve him? How many believe the Holy Spirit lives inside of you? I mean, do you really believe it? Yeah, you got someone living in your home. So be conscious of that. Because if you're conscious of it, and you really think about him, you won't be so quick just to simply say what you want to say and do what you want to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Don't take such a gift for granted. Make a clean break with all cutting and backbiting and profane talk. Be gentle with one another, sensitive. Then forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. Not forgave you when you accepted Christ, but forgave you just a moment ago. This is exactly how we preserve and protect the spirit of unity in every relationship that we have in life. Ephesians 5, verse 1. Again, it's chapter 5, but Paul didn't, this letter wasn't written in chapters. They just did that for us to study easier. So let's just flow from, from verse 32. It says, forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. Ah, chapter 5, verse 1. Watch what God does. This is, I think one of my kids showed me this translation. I think it was Angie showed me this translation uh, years ago out of the message translation. It says, watch what God does and then you do it. <laughs> like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Now your parents didn't teach you proper behavior. The Holy Ghost surely will. He's a good parent. And then it says, mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but it was extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. Is that beautiful or what? Can you on the computer put up James 4? I thought I was going to read if I have time out of the Passion Bible. Crystal, can you do that for me? And I'm going to grab my wonderful Passion Bible and read James. It is, it's really quite beautiful out of the Amplified even. But James had to address the behavior of the believers in his day. Nothing's, nothing's changed. We've just gotten probably more educated, you know, a little bit smarter than maybe spiritually, what they did, their brand new church again, James. And, uh, you know, you gotta remember, the churches started out, they didn't have all the letters from all the believers that we have today, okay? Here's what James says, James, um, I said four, right? What is the cause of your conflicts and quarrels with each other? What time is that? I don't even know what time it is. Okay, I'm almost done. What is the cause of your uh, conflicts and quarrels with each other? Doesn't the battle begin inside of you as you fight to have your own way and fulfill your own desires? You jealously want what others have so you begin to see yourself as better than others. You scheme. He's right into the church. He says you scheme with envy and harm Envy and harm others to selfishly obtain what you crave. That's why you quarrel and fight. And all the time you don't obtain what you want because you won't ask God for it. And if you ask, you won't receive it for you're asking with corrupt motives. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Jesus. Seeking only to fulfill your own selfish desires. You become spiritual adulterers who are having an affair and unholy relationship with the world. Don't you know that flirting with the world's values places you at odds with God? Whoever chooses to be the world's friend makes himself God's enemy. Now, just just stop for a moment and think about that. We know we're not enemies of God, but what happens is that you end up reaping, you end up reaping from your disobedience. Instead of the blessings of God, you end up reaping a curse. God, is a, God, is not a, God does not curse us. He blesses us. We curse ourselves by the choices we make. Now, does the scripture mean nothing to you that says the spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us? Is that beautiful or what? How many here believe that you could give more of your life to the Holy Spirit? See? Yeah, there's always room for that. Let him have more of your life. Then he says this. But he continues to pour out more and more grace upon us, for it says, God resists you when you're proud, but continually pours out grace when you're humble. So then surrender to God. Stand up to the devil and resist him, and he will flee in agony. Move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer to you. See, people want to try to resist the devil and, and, and they're attempting to resist the devil when they haven't obeyed God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't work that way because the power to resist them comes through your obedience to God. It isn't just some thing you say out, you know, I break your power, devil, while I continue to compromise God's word. So then surrender to God, stand up to the devil, resist him, and he will flee. Again, people say, I resist you, devil. That, that don't work. I mean, it doesn't work. You resist them by your obedience to God. That's how you resist them. Listen, um, uh, where am I at? I'm, I'm sorry. Verse eight. This, this, these aren't numbered here, so it's really hard for me to follow here. Um, I'll find it. So then, yeah, here it is. Stand up to the devil and resist him. He will flee in agony. Move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer to you. But make sure you you cleanse your life, you sinners. He's He's talking to the church. And keep your heart pure and stop doubting. Feel the pain of your sin. Be sorrowful and weep. Let your joking around be turned into mourning and your joy into deep humiliation. It's time for joy, but not when you're compromising God's word. Amen. Be willing to be made low before the Lord, and he will exalt you. So dear friends, as part of God's family, never speak against another family member, for when you slander brother or sister, you violate God's law of love. And your duty is not to make yourself a judge of the law of love by saying that it doesn't apply to you, but your duty is to obey it. Amen. I wanted to read that to you, and just to help you understand that, I, again, I just believe with all my heart. And it's not easy, you know. God knew it wouldn't be easy for us to come together with all our different cultures, all our different ideas about life, how we were raised, how, you know, how our parents influenced, you know, how we, you know, right, our personalities. Oh, mercy. It's a miracle that we stay together. But we do it because, because of God's love. We do it because we're all the same. We all need each other. Can I have an amen? amen. We really do. Nope, my final verse is in John 17. and I want to pray for you today. Thank you. John 17, Jesus. Again, it's his most intimate prayer to the Father. I have, I have shed tears reading this prayer. It is so precious. His heart towards, he knew his journey. He knew what he was going to face. He knew his mission. So he's praying to the Father. And, and what does he have in his mind? Us. He's got us on his mind. Here's what he says. I pray, this is the New Living Translation. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Amen. You know, when, I, when, I, when we have services like tonight, and we usually every week, you know, maybe not every week, but usually every week we have new people coming. The thing I want, I want them to The thing I want them to experience is the love of God. I do. No, not some fake, not some fake, but that you and I are so walking in the spirit and walking in the love of God that when they come in, that is on us. Amen? When I was on the farm, you know, we milked cows. That's what we did. And uh, I've always envious of city kids. Because it looked like, seemed like they were never doing nothing. And I had to, I had to get up every morning at five o'clock and milk these cows. And then, you know, of course, they'd lay all night in the gutter, and their tails would be laying all the urine in the in the manure. And so you're, you and the flies are out there, you know. So you're you're milking them, and they swat you right in the face, you know. And oh yeah, it's a wonderful experience. And you should, and and yeah, all that. I mean, and and so and we'd be. Hauling hog manure, you know. I mean, everything that stinks on a farm, you 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 become part of that stink. Yeah. Wow. Amen. And so when we go to school, they could always tell the difference between the farm boys and the city boys because the farm boys smelt like farm. Yeah. Wow. You could shower; it would it would still be in your pores. So on the basketball court, you'd be sweating. All of a sudden, wow! Somebody smells like hog. Yep, that's me. <laughs> My point is, I have a point to this. <laughs> I think he goes, good. If we're practicing or around it, stink attitudes, stinky thoughts, stinky words, come on. All of a sudden, we come to church, nah, hallelujah, but you still stink. And I mean, and you don't even know it. And the people coming don't, they they you know, they're just wanting to be loved and cared about and, you know, valued. And, and all of a sudden they, they just know that it ain't real. But I, I just want, I'm, and I'm proud of all of you. I really, I love all of you with all my heart because I know most of you. And you know, to us, you're not stinky. Could take a shower once in a while, but you're not stinky. Let's stand up. I want to pray for you today. Almost knocked that over. Did you uh, get something out of this tonight? Jesus said to, to his disciples, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples indeed. By this, that you love one another. Ah, as I have loved you, love you one another. Now, I don't know about you, but I know how much God, how much God loves me? No, oh, no, not because I got it together, Amen. but because in spite of me, he loves me. And he does you. How many here want to become more Christ-like in your life? Amen. Okay, bow your head for just a moment. Just bow your head. This that, Now, tonight I'm praying you, for you. It's the beginning of, of a resolve. It, I wish I wish we could just cast out the spirit of division, and everybody would would go home in harmony. But that's not what life is. It's the practicing of the word of God in your life that that counts and, and begins to grow. See, every nine fruit of the spirit, and all of them are fruit, meaning you have to sow them to reap them. That's why I've said through the years because God taught me that way back in 1981 when I was here starting the church. You know, we had to deal with an issue that I had to forgive someone and I didn't really want to. I was mauling over it and God spoke to me and he said, you forgive him. And he said in that tone. And I knew at that very moment, I mean, I didn't even argue. I said, yes, Lord. Yeah, I forgive him. I never brought it up after that. See, that's the life we have to live. We have to forgive. And I asked the Lord, excuse me. I asked him, Lord, then how do I forgive him? He said, by faith. So I did. By faith. Because I guarantee you, there's not a day that go by that God doesn't exercise his faith of love towards you. Because you're not that lovely. I'm just saying. He's a faith God. He loves us by faith. So we need to do the same with each other. We need to be patient by faith. Amen. I mean, just, just sow those seeds. For you, for you to reap love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, uh, you know, or self-control, or faithfulness, for you to reap those things, you have to sow them. Now listen, and you have to sow them in the most inconvenient times. Because Jesus said, he said to the disciples, if you just love those that love you, you're no more, you're no greater than the world. You're not any better than any sinner because a sinner will love someone if there's something in it. But we have to do just the opposite. And the only reason we have to do just the opposite is because that's exactly what God does for us. So bow your head now one more time. You say, Pastor, pray for me, my life, my family, because we've allowed you know, disunity, we've allowed strife, and we, tonight, just pray first because we're putting a stop to it tonight, and I'm not going to yield to that spirit anymore because I want God to bless my marriage, my home, my family, my children, my grandchildren, my business, and so please pray for me tonight. Lift your hand. Anybody like that? Lift your hand. Thank you. Hands all over because it is something that we have to deal with. Let's all lift our hands together. Let's all lift our hands together. Just right now, for just a second, thank him for the words of life that went forth tonight. Amen. Thank him for it. Thank you. Why? Because every word is a seed that went into your heart. Amen. And, and we can't change just out of mental ascent. Uh, it takes the work of the Holy Spirit in us. So, Father, I pray for each and every one here tonight. God of heaven. God of heaven, we surrender our hearts to you. Not my will, but yours be done, Father. God, we don't want to sow discord, uh, division, and strife. God, we, wanna, we don't want to exercise a sinful nature. We want to be lovers of God and lovers of one another. So, God, we, every, one of you, every one of you repent for allowing strife and envy and jealousy. Father, we repent for these things. We don't want to be like the world. We want to be like you so that the world will be drawn to you, God. God, we want Faith Family Church to be known as the church of love. Hallelujah. The church of compassion and mercy, kindness, caring. Hallelujah. That's what we want. So, Father, tonight, we accept your forgiveness. And God, I ask you that you will grace your precious congregation with uh, inward strength, revelation, knowledge from your word. God, help us, as James said, to bridle our tongue so we just don't speak dumb stuff and end up hurting people. Father, thank you. And Holy Spirit, please forgive us. Just go ahead and apologize, the Holy Spirit. We apologize for grieving you, grieving you with our attitudes, grieving you with our words and our actions. We are so sorry, and we just uh, thank you for your love and your mercy. We want you to live big on the inside of us and instruct us and teach us and guide us, uh, every one of us here tonight. And Father, we thank you now in Jesus name. And everyone said, amen. "Amen. Give God a good clap offering if you enjoyed that. Hallelujah) Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.